welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. We've got all our usual guests for you this week. Including a chat with Daryl Jacob. And Jamie Snowden will be here, as will Gavin Sheehan, Colin Brown, Dave Wilson and Richard Phillips. Plus all the latest news from the racing media. So get your pens and papers out and let's see if we can find you a few winners for racing over the weekend. everybody welcome to the racing show and uh, we're certainly into the depths of national hunt type weather aren't we windy and rainy and certainly fireworks night last week wasn't the greatest with the weather was it but anyway enough of that we're talking about racing and here is mike padden with all the racing news from the racing media Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News. With all the news, there is the news across the racing media, which does include Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Patton and welcome. Here's this week's first story. James Dial became a 2000 Guineas hero earlier this year when William Buick rode another Godolphin runner at Newmarket and he was the beneficiary again in Saturday's Breeders' Cup turf which he captured on Rebels Romance who supplied Charlie Appleby with another magical moment at the meeting. Doyle won the 2000 guineas on Carabius after Buick chose to ride Native Trail and Appleby's number one had the pick again in the turf and sided with Nation's Pride, who had no answer to his stablemate's late surge. In Rebel's romance, he had a prolific, hardened international campaigner to ride and knew him from a Group 1 win in the Grosse Place von Verlin at Hoppergarden in August. I've come over quite a few times on fancied horses and I was probably a little immature in dealing with these type tracks and didn't give them the best rides, he said after his first Breeders' Cup winner. We're used to big galloping tracks in Britain, but you get used to these after coming over for a few years and riding for the right stable. Rebels Romance only made his debut on turf in June and is unbeaten on it since. He's turned himself round, to be fair, probably telling me to switch him to the turf, Appleby said, saying that I watched him training on the dirt two days ago and said to the team I wish he was running him on the dirt. He loved it. And next, here on the Racing News. Flightline, officially the world's best flat horse, and mentioned in the same breath as some of the sport's legend, showed just why that hype might be well-placed when he romped home in the Breeders' Cup Classic. A perfect five from five going into the prestigious Grade 1, which was sponsored by Longines and worth $6 million, Flightline started as the 2-5 favourite against a deep field, but did not come off the bridle, producing an awesome performance. Olympiad ran on for second, while Tiber was third, but the race was only about one horse. 
the John Sadler-trained colt who races in the colours of Hronis Racing, Summer Wind Equine, West Point Thoroughbreds, Sienna Farm and Woodford Racing, broke well under French rider Flavian Pratt, who was happy to take a lead from the pace-setting Life is Good. The pairs soon built up a huge lead on their rivals, but Pratt seemed content as he casually glanced behind to sneak a peek on how his rivals might be going. They were not going as well as the son from Tappet, whose rider again glanced back before the final turn and then pressed the button, allowing Flightline to take off and rip away from Life is Good. He said, This has been a very special animal. He's brought something special to the industry. We need a hero, a champion, an undefeated horse, and that's Flightline. He keeps stepping up and proving himself. Baid, the European champion, rated £4 inferior to Flightline when the latest official rankings were published last month, has been retired to stud. John Velazquez, down the field on Happy Saver, echoed that view. He said, It's a well moment. That's a race for the history books. People are going to be talking about this race for a long time. Next, here on the racing news. Oaks heroine Tuesday motored home in Saturday's Breeders' Cup filly and mare turf to continue a dream meeting for trainer Aidan O'Brien and jockey Ryan Moore. They combined to win the two main juvenile turf prizes on Friday with Mediate and Victoria Road and were in the spotlight again thanks to the daughter of Galileo who picked up powerfully down the straight. The front-running in Italian was second, one place ahead of Lady Spatespear, but there was no joy for British raider Nashua, fourth under Holly Doyle. Beautifully bred by the Coolmore partners who own her, Tuesday ran once at two before winning a Nass maiden and finishing third in the Thousand Guineas in the spring. She stepped up on that to capture the Oaks at Epsom, but might not have got the credit she deserved for that classic success after the headlines were hogged by Frankie Dutore and his slow start on favourite Emily Upjohn. Subsequently beaten but not disgraced in the Irish Oaks, the Yorkshire Oaks, the Pre-Vermiel and Pre-Delopera, the three-year-old was right back to form in the hands of Moore, a filly and mare turf winner on Dank in 2013. He said... It was very straightforward. The pace was strong and even, and she was in a good rhythm. I was always confident, and she quickened up really well. She won the Oaks, and I thought she was going to go on a really long run, but it didn't happen. Aidan had her in an unbelievable place today, and the horses have been magnificent this weekend. They have all year, and this filly has bounced back. O'Brien, given his dominance of major races right around the globe, was perhaps, surprisingly, adding his name to the race honours board. Friday's victories in the juvenile turf and juvenile's fillies turf and Tuesday's triumph meant three winners at a Breeders' Cup meeting for the master trainer, which is something he had never done. He said, It's incredible for everyone, and I'm so delighted for the boys, the Cornwall partners, and everyone else involved. There are so many people who get involved to make this happen. Of the sister to Minding, another star for Connections, he said, She's a filly who won a Oaks when she was barely three. In fact, she was born on that day in 2019. And we were conscious of that, so we let her dally through the rest of the year. But we had her eye on this race. She's an amazing filly with an unbelievable pedigree as well. Ryan gave her a stunning ride.
asked what such a productive meeting meant to him, he added, This is a very special place. It's the top of the world. All the horses from around the world meet here, and it's the best racing, the most competitive. No one gives an inch, and each race means so much. Only the very special ones make it here, and we're privileged to have so many of those types of horses. It's hard to believe. The horses have been well through the year, and sometimes horses can arrive for you, and they have this week. Nashua, third to Tuesday in the Oaks, but then a top-level winner in the Prix de Diane and the Nassau, did not arrive as a team might have anticipated. John Gosden, who trains the Frankel filly with son Thady, said, She obviously just missed the break a little bit, which you can't do round here. Not over a mile and one and a half furlongs on fast ground with a tailwind. And then she's a little bit pinned down on the inside and it's quite claustrophobic in there. She managed in the end to get out, but the race was slightly over. It was sort of lost in the first half a furlong, but I like the way she was running on well to be fourth. Now next, here on the Racing News. A horse who had the world at his feet at the beginning of 2021, Envoy Allen finally came of age with a fine performance in landing the Ladbrokes champion chase. Unbeaten for Gordon Elliott before switching to Henry de Bromhead by his owners in the spring of 2021, it had been mostly a catalogue of misfortune since, with some poor performances into the bargain. But this was by far his most convincing display since joining the dual Gold Cup winning trainer, and the manner in which he saw out this three-mile trip puts him very much into the mix for Gold Cup honours in March. At a good pace for the conditions, the son of Mutathia gradually warmed to his task in the second half of the contest for Rachel Blackmore, producing his challenge on the outer from the third last. He landed slightly awkwardly two out and was thrown quite wide on the track. Last season that might have been game over, but he rallied strongly and won by going away by a length and three quarters from Kemboy. It also kept up the eight-year-old's impressive record at this venue, where he is now unbeaten in four starts, and afterwards Paddy Power cut him to 14-1 to from 25 for the King George and introduced him at 25-1 to for the Gold Cup. Blackmore said, Through the race, he wasn't jumping half as well as he can. But the feeling when we turned in and we asked him to go was all there. It was great to get him put up in a performance like that. He was really ready for today. He picked up well. He really relaxed today, and he saw out the three miles well. It was very promising. He's a funny horse who can come on and off the bridle very quickly, and you are always constantly trying not to light him up too early. But when I needed him to be there today, he was there. It was a fantastic performance by Henry to get him back to the kind of horse that he is. That opens up plenty of options for sure. This is a big race and a great race to win. Kemboy was the old man of the party at 10 and is probably past his best, but he ran a cracker to be second. He made a lot of the running for Paul Townend, did have his difficulties jumping out of the ground, but really rallied strongly from the second last like the Kemboy of old. It was a performance which pleased his trainer, Willie Mullins, who said, I'm absolutely delighted with him. He jumped a bit big early on, but he warmed to his task as he got going and put in a tremendous run. I imagine he will go to Leopardstown now for the Savills chase at Christmas.' 
I doubt we were running before then. I was just really pleased with everything he did out there, in conditions which did not really suit him. It was a disappointing race for Elliot with his two runners. Irish Gold Cup winner Conflated was expected to need the run and faded from the second last to finish third, two and three quarter lengths behind the runner-up. While five to six favourite Galvin was one of the first beaten, finishing 11 lengths behind his stable companion in fourth. Elliot said, Conflated had a good blow and ran well, but Davy Russell was just never happy on Galvin. This has been the Racing News. With all the news, that is the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Please do join us again here on the Racing News. Thanks for listening. Let's see where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, there are eight races over the jumps at Nuss in Ireland with an 11.50 start. There are seven races over the jumps at Weatherby with a 12.08 start. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather with a 12.15 start. Seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter, 12.27 start. Seven races over the jumps at Cheltenham, 12.35 start. Seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 5.30 start. And uh, we've also got racing in Newcastle, Australia, Al Ain in the United Arab Emirates and Outville in France. And on Sunday, there are eight races over the jumps at Navan with an 11.45 start. Seven races over the jumps at Fontwell with a 12.30 start. Six races over the jumps at Cheltenham with a 1.10 start. Now we're going to have a chat with top jump jockey, Daryl Jacob. And we started off talking about the horse that set Daryl on his way, the listener. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, The listener was uh, probably the first really good horse that I ride, rode under rules. Yeah. Um, as in grade one wise, yeah. And and you know, in in the sort of timeline, whereabouts? When did you get to go to Paul Nichols? Uh, so I'd spent um, when I was with the boss and Sally Ulner. Then after that, then um, I got a, a stable jockey's role with um, Nick Williams, and I had that job for about three years. And then um, Paul Nichols then approached me then when I was riding. Uh, you know, some wonderful horses for, for Nick Nick Williams in Rev de Cibola, Diamond Harry, Cornas, uh, James de Burley. So wrote some wonderful winners for, for Nick Williams down there. And then Paul Nichols uh, approached me and, and asked me would have been interested in being second role to, to Ruby. Hmm. Which I should think you grabbed with both hands, didn't you? Yeah, look, it was an opportunity. I rode out for Paul a lot. Even when I was stable jockey to Nick Williams, I rode out for Paul an awful lot. And, I got some nice spare rides for, for Paul at the time. And and like you say, it was just another step up in my career. He was champion trainer. He's, you know, he's ruthless. He wants winners. He wants success. And, and I thought if, if I wanted to be the best I could be, I thought it was an opportunity that I couldn't I couldn't turn down. So so what year would that have been then that you were at Paul Nichols? Uh, 2000, probably about 2000. Uh, 10, 10, 10 11, right. two, two, 2011. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to tie in with my notes here that because um, you you won a, you won at Cheltenham on uh, for the first time on a horse called Zakanda. Was that for Paul Nichols? Yeah, that was for Paul Nichols. Yeah, in the Triumph Hurdle. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was Zakanda. Did you feel that was the sort of that was the race that really put you on the map as far as the professional was concerned? 
Um, look at every jockey's dream is whenever they, they would they be a jockey, they want to be involved in, in the, at the Cheltenham Festival, and uh, you know they you know they want winners there. So look, it was it was my first Cheltenham Festival winner. It was it was a big day. It was a magic moment and something that I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, look, I, I suppose it's another stepping stone in the right direction. Was it was it would you consider it an easy victory? I mean, I don't know what the distances were, but I mean, were you well in front or was it a tight one? No, there's there's no easy there's no easy victories at the Cheltenham Festival. I can assure you that they're right. all they're all very very difficult races to win in their own right. They're very very competitive and yeah, there's there's the horses might win they might win easy, but they're very very um they're very hard tough races to win. You need a lot of things to go in in, in, in favour for you. And obviously, that's the amount of work you put in during the race as to how much the distance is at the end, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, it just worked out. Everything worked out great. As far as the candidate day, he won the, you know, it was only his second run over hurdles. He won the Donus um, in February around Kempton. And so, look, he was, a, he was a nice horse in the flat and he, he translated that form to, to over hurdles and he was a very successful hurdler. And according to Wikipedia, your second festival winner was on La Lac Fortana. Uh, in 2014, yeah, Lac Fontana. So that was the year that I was stable jockey to to Paul Nichols um, that year, and uh, yeah, so um, yeah, Lac Fontana, yeah, good, good win again. Yeah, again, he's look at he had, you know, he had a nice enough profile going into the race. He was a he was a good novice. He got in there and on a nice handicap mark, and uh, you know we we're lucky we we're in the right place at the right time the whole way around the race. A couple of horses fell in front of me, but like you say, the horse was, you know, he was good on the day. He was well trained to win on the day, so it was, uh, you know, I think he won by a half a length or something by one of Willie Mullins's horses. But yeah, he was, uh, it was a good performance from that day. Missed that one, which I shouldn't have done because it's an obvious one. Um, the 2012 Grand National, of course, you won on Neptune Collange. Tell me about that. How, how great a moment was that for you? Yeah, obviously, it was again. It was a, it was a, a big moment in my career. It was. Um, you know, like you say, whenever you dream of being a jockey, it's a, it's a race that you want to ride in first of all. Um, you know, and to be part of the history of it, just to even have a ride in the race is, is very, very special. Um, you know, and I've been lucky enough, I've ridden it in quite a few times now. Most years I've been been um, in England for the last, you know, 10 or 10, 12 years. So I've ridden in it most years. But, um, you know, like you say, to win the race, it's, it's a fantastic part of history. It's something that's in black and white and, you know, I probably haven't really, you know, allowed myself to reflect on it too much. I suppose it'll probably, when whenever I'm retired at some stage, it's something that, you know, I might look back on and, and be very, very proud of myself. But, you know, the way the all these big races are, it's one day roll into the next and mm. you got to go racing the next day and you got to try and ride winners the next day. But uh, like I say, it's it's something I'm very, very proud of to, to, to have won a Grand National. It's a relentless business, though, isn't it? Horse racing, as you say. I mean, every day, and you're you're here, there, and everywhere, all up and down the country, looking for rides. It's uh, it's not an easy job, I shouldn't think. No, it's um, you know, you got to be very tough and 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 very mentally strong, I suppose, to do it as well, because yeah. you know, there, there's a lot of travelling. There's a lot of times you're spent on your own in the car, and you know, there's there's times I've been, I've driven up to Musselburgh or whatever, and it's. You know, mm. it's a 12, 13 hour round trip and you've got beaten a short, a short head or a nose and yeah. you've got that journey the whole way back on your own to think about what could you have done this right or could you have done something else, mm. you know, to may, maybe make you think you would have won that race. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it can be a t it can be a tough sport and it is a tough sport, but 
like you say, when you get to ride some wonderful horses like that I ride, um, it's very, very rewarding when you get the big winners. And apparently this, this Grand National win, it was it was the closest ever finish. I didn't realise that. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was uh, the shortest ever winning distance by any horse. So, and... Uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a nose. So, um, lucky enough, the photo finish was was in my favour that day. Did you, you know, you, you crossed the line? Somebody said, "No photo finish." Uh, how agonising was the wait? I know they're usually fairly quick, but I mean, uh... it felt like a long time at the time. But <laughs> it might have been only thirty or forty seconds. But I felt an awful lot longer that at the time. And like you say, the more it was, uh, the more it felt like it was going on. The more I was hoping. I'm praying that it was going to be yeah. a dead heat rather than get beaten. But, um, you know, look, it, it just, he was a tough horse on the day. He jumped great. He traveled great. He was the class horse going into the race. It's just whether he had the, the legs of the, of the younger brigade, really. Mm. Um, and like you say, he was, he was very, very tough on the day. Who was the, who was the jockey on the other horse? Uh, a good friend of mine, Rich McLaren. All right, yeah. So, you know, did you did you sort of feel was, it, or did you not know? Was it you know was it one of those where you just sort of had a feeling you got it, or or did you not know? No, we didn't. Generally, we 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 looked at each other, we spoke, and none of us knew um, it was that close. None of us knew. So yeah, but what a feeling I should imagine to have won that, and the crowd erupts, and oh, I think it must have been marvelous. Yeah, it was a big. It was a big day. It was a very big day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But then again, uh, just sort of the highs and lows. Um, not that long afterwards, you, was it before or after? I'm just uh, let's start the next race. When you won the county handicap at Cheltenham, you had a, a horrendous fall and broke your leg and your knee and your elbow. Yeah, we yeah exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, it was half an hour later after winning on Lac Fontana, the horse just veered and went into one of the one of the cameramen on the, the, the static cameras and the cameraman ran into him and on the way down to the start it was just one yeah. of those freak accidents really. Yeah, yeah. How long did how, how long did that keep you out? Um I done well. I came back I think it was in six, five and a half, six months. They gave me originally at the time with the damages to my elbow and shoulder and knee and stuff there. They were thinking it was it was probably going to take about ten, but you know, with the great help that Oxley House um have and the treatment that I got from them was first class, and like you say, I managed to get back within five and a half months. And now we've got a new feature on the show called Equine Stars, where we look back at some of the giants of flat and jump racing and uh, exactly what they did, and also bring you back memories by listening to the commentaries of their amazing careers. <laughs> The Racing Show pays homage to some of the superstars of the turf. Over the years, we have been privileged to see some wonderful equine superstars on the flat and over the jumps. So here at The Racing Show, we have decided to look back and pay tribute to some of those great horses. So thanks to you, YouTube, we have dug out some of their defining moments and commentaries to bring back the memories.
One of my particular favourites was Dancing Brave. Trained by Guy Harwood and owned by Prince Khalid Abdullah, Dancing Brave was foaled in 1983 and was by Leafhard, whose dam was Navajo Princess. Dancing Brave won the Craven Stakes, the 2000 Guineas, the Eclipse Stakes, the King George and Queen Elizabeth Stakes, the Select Stakes, and of course the Prix de Lothar Triumph, in tandem with jockeys Greville Starkey and Pat Ellery. His only defeat were in the Derby and the Breeders' Cup turf. Dancing Brave was retired to stud, but sadly passed away in Japan in August 99. So let's go back and remember Dancing Brave at his absolute imperial best, winning the 2000 Guineas. And away they go in the 2000 Guineas at Hallgate for the North, just a little slow over on the extreme outside, and it's one of the two Frenchmen, Hail to Roberto, who is the early leader. And the one who has uh, positively refused to race is Farncombe. He's absolutely dug in his toes, the complete outsider. So 14 runners then in the Guineas at the end of the first furlong and a half, headed by Hail to Roberto and followed now by Green Desert. Then comes the favourite, Dancing Brave, nicely placed in third. Hallgate has made up ground now to go into fourth. On the near side is Sherwood. On the inside of him in the same ownership is Shaw Blade. Then with the yellow sleeves just tracking the leaders on the inside, that is uh, Vain Glorious. They've completed two and a half furlongs now and it's still Cash as Mewson on Hail to Roberto, making the running in the 2000 Guineas, followed by Green Desert. Then Greville Stark in the favourite, Dancing Brave, going really well in third. Over on the far side is Tate Gallery, one of the two for Ireland. The other one, Tocobadera, is tucked in in the centre. They're coming inside the final half mile. It's back to Graham. Not that much pace on early on. A lot of the jockeys taking quite a strong hold with their mans, but it's Hail to Roberto who leads as they come down to the point past the bushes, two and a half to race, and Hail to Roberto in the lead. Green, Dance, uh, Green Desert looks a big challenger in the blue jacket behind these Faustus. Hallgate starts to pick up ground, Vainglorious, and the favourite Dancing Brave in the white sleeves comes with a tremendously powerful run as they go down into the dip. This Dancing Brave from Green Desert, these ahead of Hail to Roberto, then comes Vainglorious, Sherwood with the favourite Dancing Brave, strikes the front with Dancing Brave, quickens up in the start of a very good horse in this general accident, 2000, it is Dancing Brave, Gravel round, Starkey looks round, no danger, Dancing Brave, Green Desert, Huntingdale, third, Sherwood four, behind these short blade, Hail to Roberto, last of all was Tate Gallery. Well, there you go. That was Dancing Brave winning the 1986 2000 Guineas. What a horse. One that we'll certainly never forget. OK, well, now we're going to move on and catch up with uh, a jockey and a few trainers and see what they've got to tell us this week. So we're going to start with Mr David Pipe. David, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, you may not be aware of it, but we are your lucky charm because two of the trainers that come on the show, yourself and Jamie Snowden, have both had six winners in a week. So <laughs> it's 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 got to be us, isn't it? It's it's not you. It's, yeah, it's got to be you. Exactly. It's, it's definitely us. But uh, no, well done for that. I mean, that's that's tremendous. And uh, you know, like Jamie, it's it's uh, it's it's good. But uh, I see you've got quite a few runners lined up for Cheltenham on Sunday and Saturday. Um, can you talk to us about those and tell us what they're likely to do? Uh, we, what have we got? We've got... Um, Umbrigado. Yeah, we've got two runners on Friday, Astagar and Patton and Card. They both have each-way chances. Astagar's been off the track for a long time. 
but he's in good form and platinum card. He's had a wind operation, first run for us. Um, tough race, but might have an each way sweep. Uh, then on Saturday, we've probably got Umbregado in the big race. We're running well over hurdles. Um, I think a strong run, two and a half mile race will probably suit him. Um, apart from that, sizing pots, he may run on Sunday, but um, he would want some rain, and I don't think we're going to get any more. Um, City is now he, he'll Saturday in the three mile handicap hurdle. He won at uh, uh, he won at Worcester the other day, um, and uh, once again would have a small each way chance. And uh, my only other possible is Ramsey to tell you on the Sunday again. Uh, once again, he'd want some rain, really. So we're in a little bit of doubt about those. Yeah, obviously potential runs. But, um, you know, I'm surprised you say you want more rain. I mean, we've to the, to the layman, it seems like we've had one hell of a lot of rain and it's been a long time coming and it's arrived finally, but not enough from your case. Um, Cheltenham has, hasn't had as much as us and other places, so... And, and you know, the problem is they made the drainage so much better there years ago that perhaps they're paying the price for it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's a possibility. But uh, it's certainly been wet enough, that's for sure. But you must be over the moon, though, having a, a little spell like that. I mean, you know, Tom Scudamore yeah. riding well for you as well. I mean, it's uh, what you all dream of, isn't it? That's right, horses are running well. Um, so um, we all get our um, purple patches and our quieter spells. So we'll try and keep this purple patch going as long as possible. Well, I'll, I'll try and keep the uh, the spell going for you from Three Valleys Radio for anyway. Thank you very much, Andy. Lovely job. Thanks, David. Thanks for Cheers. talking to us. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Well, from David Pipe down at Wellington, we're going to head up to Lambour now and catch up with Jamie Snow. Right. Well, good evening, uh, Jamie. Thank you very much for coming on the show, as usual. Um, it looks like a, a pretty, pretty good week, really. Uh, only one winner, but everything else seemed to be in the frame. So, I mean, you can't complain about that. Now, we haven't had as many runners this week. Um, well, obviously, that's right, Junior. I don't know where, when we last spoke. That's all right, Junior was very good last week. Yeah. Colonel Harry obviously won, won very impressively at the weekend. Um, we've only had had three runners this week. We were third in the listed race up at Market Races today and, and second at Hereford in the week. So, yeah, no, all good. Yeah, no, I mean, all in the, in the prize money. I mean, Getmaker came second. Villainess came second. Um, Cornichelli came second. So, yeah, I think you could be happy with that. So, yeah, no, can't, can't, can't come down. So let, let's talk about the weekend then, um, Jamie. You've got a few listed here to go. I don't know how many are or not, but um, Hardy Desoy, is he going? So Hardy Desoy um, and Soldier of Destiny will both go up to Weatherby. Yeah. Um, Garlo, Gar, two, two good races, two class threes. Garlaw runs in the in the grade three, the Paddy Power, at the, at the £160,000 race at Cheltenham. Uh-huh. Um Roger, Roger Pohl will go for the listed bumper at Cheltenham um, and then a few next week. So, yeah, yeah. busy weekend. So, of, of those that you've just gone through, what would you say is the most likely? Garlaw? Well, listen, uh, he's running in the, 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 the biggest the biggest handicap this side of Christmas. So, yeah. uh, if he went if he went in, we'd, we'd all be delighted. So, you better get order up the champagne quickly then, aren't you, really? But I mean, there'll be a lot. Of, there'll be a lot of champagne to drink if he wins. Yeah, but I'll come up and join you then. Um, but I, I yeah. mean, you know, you're going well. Um, Gavin's going well as the jockey. I mean, you must be pleased with the the prospects. Look good, don't they? To be fair. Yeah, uh, very much. Hey, it's, you know, you know what it's like in sport. There, that your luck can turn just as quickly. So yeah. Uh, yeah. we certainly enjoy enjoy it while it's going well. 
and looking into the early part of next week, you've got a few um, listed to go on Monday. Have you, uh, Exeter, are you going to be taking many down there? A lot depends on the weather over the weekend. I think it's going to dry out, so obviously it depends on what the what the what the ground down at uh, down at Exeter's like. But I think representing Bob will probably go. Um, we might run the bumper horse Jack Sprat down there. We'll have a look at you wear it well. Uh, Super Survivor perhaps depends on the rain. So uh, yeah, a lot a lot depends on the ground. But ho- hopefully go go with a couple. It, it seems strange when I spoke to I spoke talking to David Pipe yesterday that you know all you trainers you, we've had all this rain. I mean, well certainly I'm talking from Somerset. We've had a hell of a lot of rain, and yet you guys are still looking for more, really, aren't you? It's um it's crazy up at Market Racing today. It was it was good ground. Yeah, our, our mayor finished third in that in that valuable listed race. But yeah. she she really does want soft ground. It's um some some courses have got it. Obviously, Colonel Harry won in a bog at Sandown. Some courses have got it, but um and when they have had it, it's it has turned quite soft. But other other tracks have needed plenty of it. Depends on the soil structure as well. Yeah, I suppose that's right. But uh, I don't know what the weather forecast is. But um, you know, hopefully there'll be a bit more rain for you then. Yeah, it's pretty dry over the weekend, I think. Yeah. And uh, you, you get uh, Galor in the in the uh, first place or second, if not the first. But uh, best of luck for the weekend, and we'll speak to you next week. Well, that was Jamie Snowden, and uh, let's catch up with Jamie Snowden's jockey. It's Gavin Sheehan. Okay, hi Gav. Thanks very much for joining us on the show. Um, a third and a fifth today, not too bad. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, first horse, we didn't know an awful lot about. Had a couple of runs and playing fines, but um, ran a nice sound race today. Um, hopefully should improve so that was good and third in the listed race then for Jamie Snowden so he got a bit of black type but that was good yeah uh, it was quite an expensive race wasn't it that one yeah I, I didn't bother looking at the prize money now to tell yeah. you the truth I think, uh, it, I think it was from what he said anyway but uh, but now looking at the weekend then uh, Gavin you've got a few runners uh, at uh, Weatherby uh, in fact you've got one two three four runners at Weatherby so you're going to be a busy boy of those, what do you think's got the best chance? You've got Hardy de Soy, Soldier of Destiny, Throne Hall, or Risk de, de Arjun? Um, do you know something? They've all got chances. Um, I, Hardy de Soy was obviously supposed to run at Sandown, um, and that ground would have, would have suited him, to be fair, but it was obviously called off. Um, he's going up and trip a bit. Um, from what we expected him to run over, but that is just because of the better ground. If it had been soft ground, heavy ground, then we would have stuck him in a two mile. Um, but yeah, I think like he, I'm quite quite a strong horse uh, compared to last year. Last year he was he, he was just weak. Um, you know he strengthened up a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about his first run because that was on with the firm. Um, Form ground even down fast last for the best champion hurdle, so I wouldn't worry about that because he didn't let himself down. Um, but I, I'm hoping he'll run a solid race. Um, I got thrown hauled up, um, obviously, one, one first time out. Um, he, he, he served, served, served the Kivo, um, he ended up winning next time again, so that form is good enough to be fair. Yeah. And I think he will improve from having had that first run a lot, um, so you'd have to give him a chance. Uh, Soldier Destiny, I think that grade was probably a little bit uh, too good for him last time. He ran in the old Rhone at Aintree. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he should like the track and everything else like that. Um, he, he's a lovely horse. Um, just hold up. Hopefully coming back down a little bit in grade uh, should seem the better effect. Um, 
the last one riding for Alistair Ralph. Um, he looks like a nice horse, to be fair. It's pretty straightforward, like the pipe. Um, goes in off 10 4. Hopefully, he'll have a solid chance. Yeah. They've all got good chances. Um, you want me to, to for one to stand out, but I, I won't pick any one of them. Um, back, back to four of them. Okay. That's fair enough. <laughs> and what about this on Sunday? You're over at uh, Cheltenham on Sunday. I mean, you've got one, two, three, four at Cheltenham. Um, any any hopes out of those? Yes, I'm riding a horse called the Real Whacker. Um, he's first time over fences. He, he looks like a chaser. Uh, I haven't schooled him or anything over fences, but I hear he jumps well enough, touch wood. Yeah. Um, that first run should have brought him on a lot. Um, so ho hopefully he could be in the mix. There's only nine entered. I'm not sure what's going to be declared. Um, but I'd like to think like fences, everything for him should just seem to better effect. Okay. And I'm riding Gana Patty in the slur. Um, yeah. Look, he he might just find that might might find that race a little bit too good for him. But you know he's got a new trainer now, Paddy Neville. Um, you just don't know. Um, yeah, just got to see. He'd be probably going in there in a big enough race. Yeah. Um, but I'll obviously be doing my best on him and um, possibly looking for a bit of looking for a bit of place and yeah. more than anything. And then you have got in Golo, so presumably somebody supports Leicester City there, I should think, then or Chelsea. Um, yeah, so Ngolo actually came from William Mullins, um, really? and I, I I won the Swinton on him um, above the Haydox, um, so the the. the Started this season, I suppose it was. Um, but he, he had the summer off. Um, look, he, he, he might just be um, one of those there that you, you'd be hoping to get a bit of prize money as well. He's a, he's a bit of a, a kind of dude as such. Um, but he, he saves a bit to himself. So yeah. you, you never know what you're kind of going to get. Yeah. He hangs to the left, uh, jumps a bit to the left. But you know, if I got the rubber of green, um, like I did in the Swinton, you, you just never know. You no. never know what way that race is going, kind of going to be run. And it might might just be run in our favour. You'd be hoping it's going to in our favour, but it looks a strong enough race. And Roger Pohl? Roger Pohl. Um, the horse that finished forward to him in his first bumper run came out and won the other day at Linkfield. So his form is good enough. He yeah. gave me a lovely ride, to be fair. Um, when I won them at Worcester, and I, I really liked him. I liked his attitude and everything. Um, so you have to think he'd have a good chance going in, into that race. Excellent. Okay. Well, that gives us plenty to th think about there. That's about eight or nine selections there we've got. So uh, surely you can get a winner out of yeah, some of them, can't yeah. you? Definitely. Oh, hopefully. I, 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 do, I do think the four at um, four at Weatherby, they, they've all got they've all got ch kind of chances, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they've all got chances. I mean, I read one that thrown all for Archie Watson. That 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 might well go off favour. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I suppose Roger Paul, he'd be up there in the betting at Tottenham. Um, yeah. And the others might the others might be bigger prices. Um, but I still wouldn't uh, wouldn't discount them. So you got you got eight races over two days. It's you're going to be a busy boy, aren't you? Yeah, be busy. Um, that's the way we like it. To be fair. Yeah. Um, I'd yeah. be happy. I'd be, I'd be happy with 14 rides, seven each day. <laughs> How much does it take out of you, you know, a race physically? I mean, you know, do you feel tired after a race or is it sort of, are you so used to it now that it just is second nature to you? 
Um, do you know something? It doesn't take an awful lot sometimes. Um, I mean, if you're on horses that you don't need to push, it doesn't take anything off the horses that you push in the last two furlongs. takes nothing out of you. I rode Desmond right today and I was niggling at her from the word go. And because you're constantly out with over three miles and you're, you're just never able to sit up and actually um, breathe, probably. Um, it takes a lot more out of you. But at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're professionals, so we need to be at our fittest. And, um, you know, we're all fit and ready to, yeah. for whatever comes and gets thrown at us. Um, i got to be fit, fit enough now to be pushing for four and a half miles. Um, you know, and, and I'd like to think I am fit enough to push for four and a half miles, but that's my job. And, um, yeah, we, 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 we only have to do, like, a race will only take between five minutes and ten minutes. Yeah, quite. Um, yeah, you know, we're we're not pushing down. We're not at full max until the last couple of hurdles, really. So, yeah. um, and uh, we get half an hour breather then. Yeah, well, you're certainly fitter than I am, Gavin. That's for certain, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so keep it going. Well, look, thanks ever so much for today. Really appreciate it. Uh, have a good weekend. I should be watching, and um, uh, we'll see if we can come out a bit better off. So that's great. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Thanks, mate. I'll speak to you next week, OK? Thank you very much. No, thank you. Thank you. And have a good weekend, OK? Cheers. Thanks, Bye. mate. Speak to you soon. Well, that was my mate Gavin Sheen, and uh, he's looking as though he's got a good little weekend lined up for him. So keep an eye on his horses. And don't forget, you heard it here first on The Racing Show. Now we get into the realms of the experts. So we're going to catch up first of all with Richard Phillips. Well, good evening, Richard. Um, how are you? It's uh, winter beginning to move in a bit, I think, don't you think? Absolutely. And the jump season's really getting going now. Now we've had a bit of rain. And, yeah, we, our thoughts turn to the jumps after a great flat season, a great Breeders' Cup last week. Yeah. Uh, ending the flat season proper, but uh, Mick Shannon going out on a high with a couple of winners on his final day as a trainer with his son Jack now taking over. And the, it was a great Breeders' Cup for the Europeans with loads of fantastic winners. Um, so with Godolphin and for Coolmore. So well, that's behind us. And now we're going forward to the jumps. And we've got a great um, Cheltenham card uh, for the next three days, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And it's one of the best meetings of the year. Yeah, absolutely, and some really good horses out. Um, I, I'm hoping you've picked out a few you think you could win. Well, yeah, I think it's um, obviously the great, the Paddy Power is always an interesting race, and it's a early season target for a lot of horses. The favourites, actually, also Mouse Morris is called French Dynamite, that's been back this week. Uh, GA Law of uh, Jamie Stodens and Stolen Silver uh, is in there as well from the Tristan Davis camp. So, um, Il Redito um, from the Paul Nichols camp. They're in great form, the Nichols camp. So Il Redito is a fancy of mine uh, in that race. And I think both he and GA Law will take a fair bit of beating. Yeah, well, Jamie comes on the show, as you know, and uh, he's, he's, he's quietly hopeful. He's, he's never too over the top with his predictions, but uh, I, th I know he likes GA Law. He thinks it's a good horse. So... Uh, with, with you know your your kiss of death on it as well, so it's obviously going to win. <laughs> well, I don't think it would be my. I think he's got a great chance, but um, I would say that Il Redito of Paul Nichols. I think he could have a good weekend, and I think that um, he'd be the one I'd be putting my money on in that race. Yeah, but so, on the Sunday we've got Greatwood as well, so uh, the Greatwood's a great hurdle, and Thousand Tears is the favourite there. Emmett Mullins has come from John Burke, another trainer, as it were. Just run the once, I think, for Emmett, and um, but he's been backed down, and the bookmakers are always fearful of Emmett Mullins. 
he hasn't really got the form to win a great wood, but um, he does produce miracles. Of course, train the Grand National winner last season. And horse called Dad's Lad goes back over hurdles, far better handicaps over hurdles than he is over jumps, as it were. So um, he's a horse that won at the last Cheltenham meeting. And um, so Dad's Lad is basically... Um, a horse that's been backed as well from the Willie Mullins camp, but Sonny Gino, actually, Paul Nichols is in there, and I think he's got a real chance. He won very easily last time out at um, Chepstow. So, again, I think Nichols could have a run at, at the weekend, but the best race, really, of the weekend is the Schler State uh, Handicap. Um, sorry, the two-mile Schler Chase. It's not a handicap, but uh, if it would be, God, Edward Stone and Nuba Negro would have a fair bit of weight on their back, but they're two great two-milers. And Edward Stone, of course, won the Arca last year. Nuba Negra's been running in uh, Queen Mothers and all sorts of things and nearly won one a couple of seasons ago. So the two-mile chase, the Schler, is always a good opening uh, two-mile chase of the season. And Edward Stone is odds on favour. He's a cracking horse of Alan Kings, and that'll be a great race to watch. Do you think, uh, in the case of Nuba Negra, that um, it's come a little bit too early? From I mean, the, the, oh, excuse me, the Skeltons have done OK, but... They're not quite firing on what you'd expect. Well, they've still had a fair few winners, as it were. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think uh, there's one disappointment in the week and um, at Exeter. But I do think that on the whole, um, you know, they're running OK. I wouldn't say that was an excuse for them getting beaten. I just think Edward Stone's a better horse. Yeah, well, that's a fair comment. But the Nichols going over to them. I mean, my goodness me, Paul Nichols is going absolutely brilliantly, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's the first to admit that he's got some of the best horses in the country, and so therefore they should be winning. But um, they normally take a run or two to get going during the season, but of course, Brightman's game was impressive last week, having run over uh, three miles round Weatherby. He's going to go now for the King George, and Paul Nichols is saying he's left a bit in the tank for him. So he'll be a difficult horse to beat the King George. Doesn't think he's necessarily a Cheltenham horse. But um, Brightman's game proved that the Nichols camper. Uh, and they've got a good horse, they know how to plan it out, and um, they seem to be in really good form, and that's why I'd, I'd be following them this weekend. Yeah, and of course, Froden went, won well as well with uh, Bridie Frost um, at uh, Wincanton last weekend. Absolutely, won the Badger Beer, uh, great front-running performance. He didn't go to uh, Northern Ireland, which is his normal race, his first race of the season, because the ground was too soft out there, but he loved going around Wincanton, and once again, given a great ride by Bryony who gets on so well with him, and those those jumps around Wincanton, take some jumping and throw them up, absolutely threw himself at them all, and jumped them brilliantly, and it was a great performance, had a great reception when he came in, and it's just what jump racing's all about. Uh, yeah, he's a very popular horse, isn't he, Froden? Um, you know, he's, he's won a lot of big races, and I suppose the, the public take him to their hearts, don't they, really? Absolutely, I think when horses like Desert Orchid, and they run from the front, and once they get ahead, they rally again, I think people just love that sort of staying chaser and uh, Froden's a real favourite with everyone and brilliantly handled by Paul Nichols uh, to keep him in such a form and of course Bryony knows him so well and uh, gets on famously with him so it's a great combination. Yeah, absolutely. Okay then Richard, well look, that's, uh, that's a few for, for the notebook, we will be looking at those and hopefully you've got a few winners there and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week if that's okay. No problem, look forward to it. Well, that was our expert number one, Richard Phillips. And next up online is Mr Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Well, good evening, Dave. It's uh, getting a little bit more wintry, isn't it, out there? Yeah, it is. Uh, 
the weather's coming in nicely. We're getting uh, the ground softening up for the national hunt, and we've got a three-day Chopman mini festival on this weekend. So, uh, yeah, it's a good running now from Christmas and then through to the Chapman Festival. It should all be all systems go for the national hunt teams. Well, let's hope so anyway. And uh, hopefully, uh, how's the Lucky 15 situation looking after last weekend? Well, we had a level week last weekend, so we're still minus £6.29 at the moment, but we're uh, hopefully build on that. We had one winner, or two winners, and a, a loser and a, a faller, I think it was, last week. Yeah. So, uh, we're uh, we're getting there. We're, we're not doing our money. We're only six pounds twenty nine down, which is an even stakes for one week. So uh, yeah, this is moving along, and we'll get there once once we kick in properly. Good. Okay. Well, have, have you got some good ones this week? Yeah, we've got four for you at Cheltenham on Saturday. Uh, obviously, we've got the three day festival at Cheltenham coming up uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it's. Uh, all looking good, but the ones that we're looking at on Saturday are at Cheltenham, and the first one's in the 12.35 race, and it's Script Writer. It's going to be ridden by Paddy Brennan and trained by Milton Harris. Now, this fella as a foal cost £125,000. When he turned to a yearling, he went back to the sows and sold for £220,000. And then he run a couple of races on the flat raid in O'Brien, and then they put him in the horse in training. Sours so himself for sixty-two thousand. So mm. somebody lost a lot of money on him in between him being a yearling and being sold at the tap sales. Yeah. And obviously, uh, uh, a couple of the owners from Milton Harris's yard picked him up nice and cheap, really, at sixty-two grand. Yeah. Uh, what we liked about him was he won on the flat at Gowran Park for Aidan O'Brien, and he beat a horse there called Adonis. And then he came over to England to run Newmarket in the Autumn Stakes, which is a Class 1 Group 3 event, and he was only beaten six lengths in that by Caribus. Yeah. Now, Caribus went on and won the 2000 Guineas and the St. James Palace Stakes at Royal Ascot, both Group 1, Class 1, Grade 1 races. So, obviously, you know the ability of scriptwriter from being only six months behind Caribus. Now, he came out and had his first run for the Milton Harris yard up at Sedgefield, and uh, how do they put it? He won on the snap, or he won on the bridle, and uh, he wasn't even extended, and he, he won very, very well. Right. Now, he's priced up in the morning in the papers at the moment around about six to one, and I think if he's gets any that sort of chalk on the bookmakers boards there's going to be some hefty supporting going on for in there so the first leg of our lucky 15 will be script writer in the 12.35 now moving down to the 1.45 horse I really like here is Pentland's Hill going to be ridden by Nico de Boinville and trained by Nicky Henderson now this fella won the triumph hurdle in 2019 Right. And he's making his chase debut in this race here. Now, I have to put my hand up and say that I do own a share in him. And he'd been off for 927 days, and he came back out at Haydock in middle of September time. And he won a race on the flat, and then Nicky ended him in a race up at Huntingdon, and it ended up being a walkover. So... Uh, he should have had a chase race by now, but unfortunately he had no opposition to race against, so he just walked over the last furlong and picked up about eight and a half grand in prize money for us. Oh, well, so uh, yeah. it weren't too sad. No. So 
He's now lining up in uh, in this race here at Cheltenham on Saturday. As I say, he won the 2019 Triumph Hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival. He's won three out of six races over the hurdles, and then he had the best part of two and a half years off with a tendon injury. But he's back now. He's won on the flat, and he's scored very, very well, according to Mr. Henderson and Mr. De Boyneville. Mr. De Boyneville is very, very bullish about the way he jumps, and he says he's one of the best jumpers he's ever ridden. So we shall have to see when we uh, hit the track at Cheltenham at full pace on Saturday. So yeah, we're yeah. going to add him into our lucky 15. He's priced up at 6-1 to one at the moment with Bet365. Obviously, he's a Cheltenham Festival winner, so he knows his way around the place, and uh, we know how good he is at his, his best. So we shall have to wait and see. So that's Pentman's Hill in uh, 145. Okay, fine. Moving down to the 220, and we've got Harry Cobden, Paul Nichols' horse here, which obviously Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols are absolutely flying at the moment, you know, knocking in winners left, right, and centre. And the horse here is Il Rodoto. Now, last year he was running in some very, very good races, and he was only a baby, he was only a four year old. Now, he would have come on a heap over the summer of having the summer on his back out in the fields and obviously growing into his frame as they do these national hunt horses between four and five. Now, this fella absolutely destroyed a good class two race last year at Newbury, and he put in some really good runs when he was beaten after that. And he's got a handicap rating now of 140. Now, when he hacked up at Newbury, he was only he was running off of a handicap rating there of 131. So he was only £9 raised from that win, and he could have won by about 20 lengths that day. So if he's summered very well, which we really expect he has done, and he's grown into his frame more, he's going to be a lot higher than 131 by the end of the season coming. Now, he he did open up at around about 10 to 1 in the betting markets, and he's already been moved into 8 to 1. And they're offering five places each way times there. So he's going to be the third leg of our uh, lucky 15. That's a 220 race, Il Rodoto. Okay. And the last leg is a 255 race. Again, a Paul Nichols horse. This one's called Shira, and it will be ridden by Adrian Heskin. Now, the only reason Harry Cobden's not riding it is Adrian Heskin is the retained jockey for the owners, the McNeil family. Now, I see an interview uh, at a track when Paul was talking to one of the TV programmes, and he said Shearer's a complete different horse this year. He was a complete and utter baby last year. We didn't really know what racing was all about, but he's grown up over the summer. He's summered well, and he's filled his frame out. Now, he's come out this year, and he's won two races out of two, and he's won them both very readily. He beat a horse called Twig last time out, and Twig came out this week and won a race by 14 lengths, so it shows what Paul was saying about Shearer, how he's grown up and grown into his frame. Now, he's priced up at around about 130 at the moment, and he's going to be the fourth leg of our uh, lucky 15, and obviously, like, as you say, when, when, when you hear the comments from Paul about him, and Harry says he's improved from last year, growing up mentally, physically, and he's such a stronger horse. You you expect to see a, a really capable horse there. So uh, that's the four that we've got for you this week, mate, and uh, hopefully we'll have a bit better result than uh, the last couple of weeks on the Lucky 15. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we get along. It certainly would be good if you could get one up. And as you say, you know, the, uh, the old Indian Jockeys Fund will be uh, very grateful, I'm sure. So keep up the good work, mate. Thank you very much for that. And we will speak to you next yep, week. We had, uh, 
we had uh, Call Me Freddy uh, trained by Machine before he run for us at Ludlow week before last, I think it was, and he come third. He picked up some uh, nice prize money, which obviously I'll be donating to the Injury Jockeys Fund as well once we get it all through from the yeah. British Racing Authorities once they pay out. So uh, he done very well, and uh, as I say, like Machine is doing very well with the horses, and obviously we're uh, supporting her. And obviously, uh, any prize money we get from the horses we've got with her, we'll be donating as well. So, uh, right. obviously, it's a way forward for us to go. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it up, mate. Keep it up. It's great. Great work. Okay, well, we'll speak to you next week, okay? And now, bringing up the rear, as usual, it's Colin Brown. Well, good evening, Carl. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much indeed, Eddie. I've uh, got a busy week and uh, a busy weekend, Shelton and football and clubs on Monday. Yeah. So plenty of action, plenty of action on uh, with me. Yeah. And what about yourself? Well, I've had a, a, a press conference at Yeovil today, and I've got a new manager at Yeovil now. So that's in Mark right. Cooper, and uh, so a bit up to see right. him today. And um, yeah, you know, just just plodding on as you do. Got to, got to do these yeah. things. And as I was just telling you off air, my my friend has just been made manager of Southampton, so I'm quite quite chuffed about that and uh, his nice. his assistant I also worked with for many years so that was good so it's all, all happening yeah. mate what's his name again sorry I missed it Nathan Jones uh, oh gosh yeah I've heard of him yeah. Yeah. well done well done Nathan yeah well done Nathan that's I, right and I'll tell yeah, you what he yeah. is the sort of guy he is he will be so determined to be successful I'm sure he will be he's been really great at Luton he did go to Stoke for a little while, which wasn't quite so successful, but he's been really good at, at Luton, and I'm telling you, he'll, he'll be successful there, no question about it. He will. Brilliant. Well, best of luck to him. I, I like Southampton. Um, I support Chelsea, you support Man U, mm. but I like Southampton's my sort of local club, if you like, and Mick Shannon, who retired last weekend, yeah. having a double up at Doncaster. He, he, of course, played for them. I went to watch him quite a few times when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, a good friend of mine, Tracy Skinner, she runs the hospitality there. So she's ah. a good, hard-working girl, lo loves her racing, loves her football. Yeah. So um, I'm sure he'll get to meet up with her. So yeah. all good there. But we got a busy weekend racing, you know. Yeah. I'm going to go to Weatherly, you talk to her, and then give you some winners at Cheltenham. Okay. That's what I'm hoping to do anyhow. Right, well, let's let's go for it then, old dog. Let's go for it. Where are we going to start? Weatherby? Oh. Yeah, we're going to start Weatherby in the 1208. I'm going to give you a winner there called Hitching Jacking. It's uh, trained by Dan Skelton, ridden by Bridget Andrews. Um, it ran a good third last year at Weatherby, beating five lengths in a national flat race where the winner is probably quite useful chasing fire. Second horse, Imperial Merlin, um, came out and won at Sedgefield. Um... So the form's been franked, and if it turns up, I think this will win. And it's called Hitching Jacking, Weatherby 12.08. Of course, you know, I don't like this winter weather. I, once upon a time, I loved it. But now, yeah. well, it's hardly winter, really, because it's not really even co that cold. But, but it's not that dark, nice either, is the, it? Yeah, the dark evenings I hate. And I know Mary hates the dark evenings because yeah. she'd always be out in the garden, racing post, have her iPad, telephone, and sorting out all the winners and all the betting stuff for the next day. Now she has to do it in the sort of 
you know, mm. light inside. Well, she, with, she, with she no bottom, doubt has to put her bottom. lights on her bike then as well. Well, uh, I tell you what she does. She mm. just skips down the pavement on her bike, swerves in and out of a few yeah. uh, pedestrians, doesn't bother about lights, just mm. has a headlamp. Oh, well, there you go. And talking of winners, which we weren't, you actually got a 9 to 1 winner last week. <coughs> Did you know that? No, no surprise, is it? No, I didn't. What was that? Which you had, was that? Uh, what was it called? Something Enticing. Uh, Donny. Donny. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did fancy that. It was a good price, wasn't it? Yeah, nine this. to one. Yeah. And then you had uh, a 13 to eight, a nine to four, and an 11 to eight. So you had four winners last week, which was better for you. So that's good. So unless Thank you, you. Can keep Thank it up. You. Keep it up. Thank you. I will try to. Mm. I will try to. Right, right I'm going to give you another winner there now All in right. the 118 at Weatherby. It's a horse called Iroko. It's trained by John Joe O'Neill. It finished fourth tonight salute at Kempton last um, February the 22nd. That was my old dad's birthday. Bless him, Norman. Um, yep, so February 22nd. And it was a good race. It was a good run. Second horse, Teddy Blues, come out and won easy. This horse uh, that day went off 25 to 1. He's not going to be that price. He's going to be about 3 or 4 to 1. I think he'll win the 118. Iroko well, at Weatherby. I'll tell you something about that. There's a horse in there called Hardy Dassault. And I was just talking to his jockey, Mr. Kevin Sheen, uh, Gavin Sheen, I should say, not Kevin. And oh, he's right. he's quite bullish about Hardy Dassault. He said, don't take any notice of his last run because that was just a prep run. So, um, yeah, oh. well, you know, you never know, but that's what he said. So, hardy to sell, yeah, okay, yeah. just needed the run the other day, yeah. Jamie Snowden, great trainer, great guy, in, and his in form, absolutely flying, yeah, in form. He had seven winners a week before last year, I know he did, yeah, um, yeah, which was great. I thought, um, his best chance up there was Soldier of Destiny in the 153, um, a handicap chase. It's a horse that's got some pretty decent form, jumps well, and Gav rides that one. So, Soldier of Destiny for me in the 153 at Hereford. At um, Weatherby, what am I talking about? Hereford. Um, another winner for you up there. Yeah. What did Gavin, what did Gavin Sheehan think of Throne Hall? Because that won quite nicely at Utoxter. Well, are we suddenly going to Utoxter now, or are you still at Weatherby? No, I'm still at Weatherby, but um, I was called Throne Hall that um, Gavin Sheehan rides, if you've been talking to him today. I have, yeah. Throne he's, Hall he, runs, runs well, at Weatherby in the 228. Ah, well, now you didn't, you see, this is where you, you slip up, because you didn't mention the 228. So, uh, yeah, um, Throne Hall, I'm, yes, I'm he, up, yeah. he did say he thought the horse would start favourite, and he's got four rides there, and he thinks that all four of them could possibly do it. So there you go. And that comes from the yeah. jockey himself. Okay, let's go Throne Hall then in that number four at Weatherby. He's a good jockey, he is. And, um, you know, he, he is risking riding the winner possibly of the, and missing the winner of the um, Paddy Power, which used to be the old Mackerson and Massey Ferguson or whatever many years ago. Hmm. But um, he's got some good rides at Weatherby. So sometimes you've got to bite the bullet and go, you know, yeah. um, when you've yeah. got a 20, 20 runner handicap chase around. Shelton, even if it's fancy, it might not win. So, yeah, oh, well, well done, Gavin Chin. Good jockey. Yeah. Um, and, and a thoroughly uh, nice yeah, bloke as well. Thoroughly nice bloke. Right. Right. We are going to move, move to Utoxter. Okay. 
Let's get my computer to work. Okay, yeah. Which race? I think we'll start with the um, twelve twenty-seven. Okay. Uh, Neil Neil King has got a horse called Look Away, and it's never stopped winning last year. One up at Newbury, at one Aintree, and at one point to point in Ireland, and it won't be a very good price, but it will win, and that's Look Away in the twelve. 27 at um, Utoxeter. Oh. I am at Utoxeter now, not Weatherby. Yes, yes, I know okay? that. I've put, I caught up with you. Keeping up the speed. Yeah. Um, but, okay. <laughs> now, you normally do. You're normally way ahead of me. Yeah. Um, right, what else can win at Utoxeter? Um, you know, I used to ride there a fair old bit. I rode a good few winners around there, landed a few gambles around there for for, for a few owners and trainers, yeah. including Jack Ramsden, who had a horse with um, with uh, Charlie James, who trained in the village that I, I lived in. And we went up there one day, and this thing opened up about four to one. They backed it into, like, four to five, and that hacked up. Yeah. Um, he, knew, he knew his stuff. Right, on to the 247. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Fortune's Melody will win here for Harry Fry. It won by a length at Worcester last time out. Before that, it won at Weatherby. Uh, didn't it won at Utoxter. Um Ben Bromley takes the ride. Good little rider, Ben. His dad's a very good bloodstock Asian, Nancy Bromley. And uh, this lad's gone down to Harry Fry's. He was with Nichols. Gone down to Harry Fry's. He's a Claiming rider, claiming seven, but he can ride a bit, and I think this will win. It's called Fortune's Melody, and that is it. Uh, you talkster. Far be it from me to question your selection, but uh, what was it last week? Uh, Harry Fried, about two or three, I think he's over the weekend, that were all fancied, and none of them came in. So, whether, whether you know, things aren't going quite as he hopes, I don't know. Well, they're not machines, are they? Because, um, I thought I tipped up Metier, didn't I, up at Doncaster? Yeah, that, that was on the flat, wasn't it? You didn't actually tip it, but I yeah, saw but it was on the I flat. Didn't yeah, I thought I did. I yeah, thought I did. No. Well, you did not with me anyway. But, you but it won. Yeah, oh. yeah but um, oh, well, that was on the flat, you see, whereas the jumpers didn't do so well. Anyway, we'll hope that they do better today or tomorrow. Hey, or, or yeah, it's also in good form. Yeah. It's also in good form. Right, let's get to Cheltenham. Right, Cheltenham it is. First race, 12.35, it's the JCB Triumph Hurdle. JCB, that's Lord and Lady Banff, who got a fantastic estate up in Gloucestershire. They're worth billions. Mm -hmm. uh, JCB are, you know, massive, aren't they? And they've sponsored the JCB Triumph Hurdle um, at Cheltenham for years. And um, this is a trial. It's a race that I won a couple of times, actually, when I was riding. So they have been sponsored a long, long time. Yeah. What wins it this year? Well, it really is a fascinating race, as always. Um, there is... One second. I was just looking up the name of a trainer that I never heard of, R.P. Cody. Trainers in Ireland. Um, Sam Tristan Davis drives one for him. But, um, no, there's some nice horses in this race. Um and Milton Harris is one of your people. What mm. did he say about scriptwriters so you can tell your uh, 
Well, unfortunately, lovely, I, yeah. I haven't spoken to Milton of late, so uh, he's been pretty, pretty elusive. So I can't really tell you what he said because I haven't spoken to him. Well, that's not much good, is it? No, okay. no. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a chance on the horse that I think um, could just be quite smart. It's called Midjaf. It's trained by Dan Skelton. It's about thirteen to two. It beat Tottenham Green last time out, who had won the time before. Uh, well fancy and I think this has got a fair chance so it's called Midjaf okay trial trial right let's go to the 110 we've got seven races on the card um, this sounds like one of yours Bob Hope or No Hope um, <laughs> lovely <laughs> lovely yeah. name it's an amateur riders race there at Cheltenham and to be perfectly honest, I, I don't think I'm going to sort of get too stuck into it. It looks blooming hard. And, um, You're not going to I'm put going your to reputation on the line then, I see. I'm not going to put my reputation on the line, certainly. We've got an Arkle Challenge Trophy trial. Um, uh, and that's at 145. I might just have a little look here because there's some interesting horses here. Um uh, Nichols runs a horse called Mon Mural, who had some good form last year, and it was not being too far behind Epitaph. Fourth, the Botox has the time before, um, and that runs in the 145 here. And we're also uh, got a horse called Bambridge coming over for the uh, Joseph O'Brien yard. But you know, one really interesting runner here, I think, is Pentland Hills, and this is trained by Nicky Henderson. And it won well the other day, but it didn't have to jump because of the walkover. Oh, wow. um, but before before that one at Haydock, before that it was ninth and then the champion hurdle uh, behind Epitaph. He's a good horse at Penton Hills and um, finally jumps around okay. I think he'll win. Okay. Okay. Right, the Paddy Power. Now, I, this was called the Mackerton. I won it a couple of times back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, Stolen silver. I'd like to see that go well for Tom, Sam Thomas, who who uh, had that horrific uh, helicopter crash the other day, along with Di Waters, who's um, you know I think still in the hospital. So hoping and praying that Di's okay. He's a lovely guy, puts a lot in the race, and he's a real gentleman as well, and really good fun. Um, and uh, Sam Thomas trained him a nice winner at Aintree last week, and stolen silver could go well, but. Um, Jamie Stoughton towards Garlaw. Uh, you've talked about him today, I suppose, yeah. with Jamie. And yeah. I think he likes him, doesn't he? he quite oh, likes he him. likes him, yeah, definitely. And, and uh, you know, as you said, he's he's on a, on fire at the moment. Um, not quite such a good week this week as, as, as last week, but, I mean, nonetheless, he's he's on fire. So, um, And Jonathan Burke rides it, and he's had some good results for, for Jamie as well. So uh, I wouldn't put anybody off it, that's for certain. No, I think he's got a good chance, about five to one. But the horse I like at a big price. Um, over the years, if your listeners follow racing a bit, um, I expect they've noticed that Martin Pipe winning this race with David Johnson landed massive gambles with Timmy Murphy in the saddle lots of times and skewed them all uh, over the years. And, and Pipe's got a runner, um, Dave Pipe, this is, called Umbrigado. Yeah. And I think at 16 to one, it's got a right chance. I really do. It's got some good form. 
It won the other day at Newton Abbot, only by neck. That was over three miles. It drops back and trip today. Um, it's got some good form down the down the line. Um, and now over fences, I think, could just prove to be quite decent. Give it an each way chance. There's a lot of runners, so each way first for Umbregado. Uh, but I think uh, Garlaw was probably a horse that's got a big chance. In the 255, what wins this? Well, Shearer's been winning for Nichols. Heskin rides that one because he rides for the owners. You've got horses in the race, like on the blind side. Not the most genuine. He's 10 years old now, but he, you know, he's shown reasonable form this year. Um, you've got a couple of Irish horses coming over. But the horse that I like here, I think, is definitely Shearer. He's got a small penalty, but Nichols also in great form. He's about three and a half to one. I think he'll win. Okay. Righty. Oh, next one's a handicap hurdle. I don't like it very much. Looks too difficult. But what about um, there's one horse in the race that's interesting that was disappointing last time out called uh, Borbali, trained by your mate down the road, Mr. Tizard. Have you heard anything about that one? No, he wasn't amongst the. Uh, Joe gave me his top five, uh, you know, five to follow. Uh, he wasn't yeah. amongst. He wasn't amongst those. That's that's all I can say. He didn't mention it at all. He, he gave me five to okay. follow, but as I say, do you want do you want to hear what his five to follow are? Yeah, go on. Jr. One. Uh, Whittier, no, wider, galley. I love the nightlife. Big breakaway, and Oscar's elite. Well done. Well done. If you can just, if you can just uh, brush up on your pronunciation, that'd yeah. be good. Yeah, I'm, so, um, I'm sorry about that. On, I've had a heavy day. Yeah, that's right. I know. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the 405 at Cheltenham. Number one, Lucia will win. It's trained by Henson's. Won two races. It's one of his uh, horses to follow for the year, and it's a very, very smart horse indeed. So Lucia, for me, to win the last race. At um, at Cheltenham, although Willie Mullins has got one in it called Williams Stow Dancer, um, Williams Town Dancer, should I say? I've uh, brushed up my pronunciation. Exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and that's it, listeners. Yeah. Have a great weekend. We are into the jump season, good and proper. Yeah, lovely job. Thank you, Colin. That's excellent. And uh, we will catch up with you shortly, no doubt, next week. No doubt next week. Have a good weekend. Okay. And before you go, one other thing. Listen out for our equine superstars feature in the show next week. Oh. Mm. Yeah, okay. There's just a few I'll memories going out. back. And uh, the first one we're doing is uh, Dancing Brave. Do you remember Dancing oh, Brave? Oh, what a, what a yeah, horse. Yeah, I do. Should have won the derby. What a great yeah, horse. Yeah, point. yeah. So... Uh, yeah, but it's just a little little sort of thing we're going to do. So keep an eye. That's you know, all I'm talking saying. Talking about dancing brave. When I was at Goodwood's last meeting, um, Guy Harwood was there, and Guy's about eighty something now. Yeah. But he's such a lovely guy. And you know, I don't really know him that well. I do know his son-in-law very well, Mark Perrett, but um, and his daughter. You know, but you know, what, he shouldn't really remember me particularly. But he went, "Hello, Colin. How are you?" And you know, he's such a lovely guy. Goes mm. racing a bit, and you know. He trained the great dancing brave, didn't he? He did indeed. Now, I'll tell you what, Gre Greville Starkey used to ride it most of the time. I think Pat Eddery rode it yeah. a couple of times. But 
Um, yeah. I went to Salisbury once, many, many moons ago now, and uh, I, I backed the first winner, which was Greville Starkey, see, so I thought well, I'd better stick with him, yeah. so I backed the second winner, and that was Greville Starkey, and I backed the third winner, yeah. and that was Greville Starkey, and I went right through the card, and Greville Starkey had a lot, and I had a lot, and I came out of there with the most money I've ever won at the races, so there. Oh, flip it. What a story. That's yeah, fantastic. it was brilliant. Long time ago, then. Poor old Greville's passed on now, so uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, indeed. Right, mind. good to see you. Yeah, and you, mate. Speak to you soon. Toodle pip. Well, there we go. That's it for this week. Hope you'll join us again next week on The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio, when we hopefully will have a few more winners for you. So until then, it's Eddie Hopper saying bye for now. <laughs>